from KQED. Every day on his commute to work, Bay Curious listener Jeff Morgan walks through downtown San Jose. Along the way, he passes one of Adobe's office towers. Up on the side of the building, 17 floors up, he sees four glowing orange circles with lines through the center of each. Those circles are actually four glowing LED lights, 10 feet wide, with a dark line across the middle. And I noticed that they were spinning in random patterns. Seemingly random. I have absolutely no idea what those circles mean, but I'd love to find out. KQED's South Bay arts reporter Rachel Myro set out to unravel the mystery. So not too long ago, Jeff Morgan and I went into Adobe, into the building with the orange circles. To start with, it helps to know Adobe makes computer software for people who work with words, pictures, and sound. Siri Lakovic is the company's senior brand strategist. At the core of our DNA really is um, art and technology. That's why you'll find clever art installations all over their office towers. Siri is one of the two people on the planet who knows the whole story behind the glowing orange orbs Jeff noticed. The other person, of course, is the guy who came up with the concept, Ben Rubin in New York. The hope is that someone would look up and say, what is that and what is that thing trying to say? You know, what is its message? The name of this installation is San Jose Semaphore. Siri explains. Semaphore, by definition, is really a form of visible um, communication. So way back when, the only way to communicate surreptitiously over a short distance, say from on land to a ship, would be um, flag bearers. They would hold up the flag, and depending on the position of the flag, would let them know if it was safe to come in. Or better to stay put. This resonates for Jeff. I actually was in the Navy, um, and so I remember people communicating with flags, and it was always interesting to me because it looked very official, but a lot of times they were talking about the latest baseball scores from ship to ship and things like that. So back to San Jose Semaphore. The short story is that it's an art installation. The long story stretches back to Ben Rubin's childhood in the 1970s in Boston. Back then, he owned a Heathkit shortwave radio. Sometimes, when he turned it on, he'd hear the strangest things. Victor, Lima, Bravo, nine, six. These sort of clicks and beeps and uh, mechanized announcements. Who could not listen to an encrypted message and not wonder what it says? These were numbers stations, shortwave radio broadcasts that historians believe transmitted messages to spies stationed around the world, starting in World War I. To the average listener, the letters, numbers, even songs sound random. But if you have the key to decode the gobbledygook, it's a message. Maybe something like, Bomb the bridge. Or, Don't bomb the bridge. Ben Rubin was fascinated by these stations. When it came time for college, he got a bachelor's degree in computer science and semiotics, the study of signs and symbols. After graduation, he started making art inspired by that study. I make media installations using technology, sound, images, and physical structures. And I put some of those in public places, like the tops of buildings in San Jose. 
Each of these orange discs can assume four positions, horizontal, left-leaning diagonal, vertical, right-leaning diagonal, four positions, four discs, 256 possible combinations. Every seven seconds, those wheels turn to uh, a new configuration of sort of positions. Then they rest, um, and when they're in that resting position, that actually is a word or a letter. For those of us who think with our ears better than our eyes, Ruben made an audio version of the code that plays on Adobe's website. Sixteen. Lima. Ten. So even without a visual, from the audio alone, you could have guessed. Um, somebody could. I don't know if I could have guessed that, but yes. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this seems way too complicated for a person of average intelligence to crack. And in fact, the technology Ben Rubin is using? It's a variation on state-of-the-art World War II cryptography. In World War II, the Germans developed something called the Enigma machine, a diabolical typewriter with several rotating disks in the back, so that every time you pressed, say, an A, a different letter popped up on the paper. Totally confusing. Unless you also have an Enigma machine and directions so your rotating disks are set up the exact same way they are at headquarters, the messages are almost impossible to crack. Now, with San Jose Semaphore, Ruben isn't using an Enigma machine, and neither are you, so he has to include the key to decode the message in the transmission. So periodically, the disks will flash a line something like this. Start message transmission 241 Rotunda. It always begins with start message transmission, and then three numbers, and then a word. This is followed by chunks of text that make no sense unless you realize that the start message line is actually a header, a key, with the information necessary to decode the paragraph that follows. Start message transmission, 226 faction. Just the way that the German Enigma operators needed at the beginning of each day to establish certain settings in the machine. But as complicated as all of this sounds, the code was cracked within a month of installation by two scientists in San Jose for a conference who spotted the semaphore and became obsessed. You can read their scientific paper, I kid you not, explaining the whole process on the Bay Curious website. The first sentence they decoded was, The beginning of that performance was clear enough. All they had to do then was plug that sentence into Google, and presto, it's a line from Thomas Pynchon's The Crying of Lot 49. Which is a novel that he wrote in the late 60s that's set in a kind of proto-Silicon Valley part of California. The message was the book, the whole book, from end to end, which took about three months to transmit, give or take. <laughs> I, was, I was both impressed and disappointed that it had fallen so quickly. So Ruben came up with a second code, a tougher code, a code that hasn't been cracked in four years. We get a lot of, I think it says, buy Adobe products. Nope. I think Beam Me Up Scotty was probably the funniest one. Nope. Honestly, folks, if the first code was the crying of Lot 49, the second code is not going to be one line long or so obvious. You want to know who knows what the code is? Only two people in the world, the artist and then one other person. You? It is me. 
<laughs> Are we going to find out today, even if we promise not to tell anyone? I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a book. It could just be a series of words put together. She just dropped a hint. <laughs> Jeff, do, do you think this could be your next big project? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to leave that to greater minds than me. But I can't wait to see who cracks it. I think this will be great. Remember, you don't need to go to San Jose to crack the code. Adobe's website features video and audio. There's a link on our website, baycurious.org. Have at it, and be sure to report back. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. This was fun. Also, a big thanks to Jeff Morgan, who asked this week's question. Remember, you too can ask a question at baycurious.org. And one final thanks to the listeners who have left us a review on iTunes. We read every one, and it really helps others find our show. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, this Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.